Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. I'm not talking very clear because I've been drinking lots of beer. No, he hasn't. No, I haven't. I'm actually driving down the road, so I certainly hope I haven't been (laughs) drinking lots and lots of beer. That would be a very bad thing. And a big violation of my rule of survival, which is don't drink and drive. Yeah. For many, many reasons. Not the least of which is you'll kill yourself or somebody else. Comes under the general heading of don't do stupid. Don't do stupid. And that's drinking and driving is a particularly stupid thing to do for many, many reasons. So... Welcome to the show, the big show, the totally sober show. Whereupon we talk about alcohol, but don't drink it. Yes, we do, instead of actually drinking alcohol on the show. (laughs) That would be interesting. Although, technically, you know, I'm not driving. Uh, Still, no. Actually, yes. Here's our little aside for the show. In the state of Missouri, it's perfectly legal for her to be drinking alcohol while I am driving. Open containers are legal. Having said that... We're not gonna. If you get stopped and there's an open container in the car, be prepared to be getting a ticket for at least something. <laughs> because it is not uh, it's not a something that the officer wants to see. Somebody who's seen that many people smeared over roadways because of alcohol and cars. Have no sense of no humor. Sense and road. rightly so. Yeah. I have no sense of humor. I've covered way too many fatal car wrecks caused by drunks in my journalism world. I want nothing to do with that. Anyway, welcome to the show. We're, get, we're actually talking about booze. Yes, that's right. Booze. Contemplating booze as a prep. Booze as a prep. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? And if so, what booze are you going to have? Now, we're going to throw out a couple of caveats here. Neither one of us are teetotalers, okay? But neither one of us are what you would call drinkers. I mean, I, I absolutely cannot say that I'm a teetotaler because I'm not a teetotaler. But... I mean, I have gone, I don't want to say years, I want to say a decade without drinking a single drink. In fact, a very recent decade. (laughs) So, you know, it's one of these deals where it's just no big deal to me, one way or the other. Because I I just do not drink in any way so that I can feel the effect of it. So we would not stock for our own use because we don't care enough about it to stock for our own use, basically. No, we don't. So, yeah, we you walk into our house. We're, I don't know. Do we have – we probably do have some kind of hard alcohol in our house. I know we don't have any, like, whiskey or anything like that because – No. No. So, uh, yeah, we've got some vodka, which would make a good surface disinfectant. Which we'll come and, to. And uh, that – by the way, is the only reason I was thinking about this. That's the only real reason I would lay in a stock of ethanol containing products is to have some uh, Everclear around to act as a disinfectant for, say, surgical tools, medical tools. Yeah. So we're going we're to talk about this. For yeah. you. Let's, let's just take a look at the types of alcohol there are out there. And almost all the alcohol, if you're talking about for long-term storage, makes no sense. And here's why. It doesn't age well. Now, there are certain types of wine where there's this is the exception. 
And I think some of the whiskeys. And some of the whiskeys. And I'm going to have to get this guy off my tail. This guy is driving me nuts. We're going. We're we're driving down a blue highway, and this guy has decided he wants to get up and and read the small numbers on the sticker on my license plate. We know this road. It's got 90 degree turns in it, and we're not going to go very fast in, in this pickup truck. So yes, we're gonna we're gonna take a we're gonna take a turn right here, and can, we're gonna pause this for a second. And now that person's off of our tail. That was annoying. We're back at we're back at booze. Okay, let's let's just talk a little bit about <coughs> about booze. Okay, there are several different type, types of booze, and we all know that. There's malt type booze, and there's wine type booze, and there's distilled type of booze. These are three major types of booze. And each of them have their own characteristics. For long-term storage, we can dispense upon one right away. Anything that's malt-based... That's we'll, the beers, like, guys. Hmm? That's the beers, folks. That just, it's not just necessarily beers, though. Yes. It's like a lot of these coolers and... Um, Frilly frizzy drinks like the um, oh the limerita things and the uh, hard lemonades those are all malt drinks the things they call coed drinks yeah coed drinks there you go those are all malt drinks and there's a technical word for old <laughs> out of date malt drinks it's called skunky now I do have an excellent use for those. If you have a slugs in your garden, you uh, cut the bottoms off of some uh, aluminum cans, you dig them up to their rims in the garden, and you fill them with the skunky malt beverage. Turns out skunks like skunky malt beverage just as well as they like fresh malt beverage. Slugs do. The slugs fall down in there, drown themselves, and die happy, and you have fewer slugs in your garden. But you do have a nasty slug-filled malt beverage. Yes, that is a fairly disgusting thing, but, you know, it's quickly cleaned up. So, you know, I, I use that when I get slugs in my garden. But other than that, no use at all for old malted things, especially if they have not been kept temperature controlled. Yeah, and you can, it, the longer you keep, or the, the cooler you keep the stuff, the better it will stay, like most of anything. Uh, so if you keep it in a, in a very cool, climate-controlled environment, you know, it's just like anything. The best buy date is very, very, very conservative on on uh, alcoholic beverages because they want you to be buying more. They want you to use it up and buy more. Now, we're talking about beers in or malt, malt beverages. But don't freeze in, them, by the way. In, yeah, don't freeze. In cans or bottles. Um, I don't actually know of anybody who's crazy enough to have tried to put kegs on their long-term <laughs> storage plan. I don't I I don't think that's ever been a thing with anybody that at least I know of. Maybe when uh, Prince was singing about tonight we're going to party like it's 1999 2000 yeah, I don't think so. Party's over? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, probably not. Yeah. Okay, so malted beverages just no. Just no. Won't last. Won't last. No use in keeping it. Wine. Now, there's 
wine is a different thing, and you have to kind of know a bit about wine. Okay, we had a brief detour. I had to stop and take a picture of something, and you're hearing, if you hear any weird scattering noises, it's the mud coming off the tires of the side of the truck. Oh, uh, we've already passed this guy once. I guess we could pass him. Turn, turn off. Okay. So, yeah. Wine. Now, there's a couple, there's lots and lots of types of wine. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a, of a, of a hint. Different types of wine age differently. Because you think, oh, yeah, wine gets old and it gets better and it gets, it depends. Wine is designed by the people who, uh, whip it up for the vintners, vintners to be ready to go at a certain point in time. It, it's got Off, a window of optimal use. Yeah. It'll still be okay to drink years after it, but it won't be optimal. A lot of wine that you go to the store and buy, especially the kind of wine that a lot of people buy, which is like the three-buck chuck, uh, that wine is ready to go. It's a non, the non-varietals, which means you don't have the variety out there and it's not dated. And, well, it's not exactly what it means, but basically the non-varietals. The three-buck chucks, the stuff you get for $3 at the store. Um, and there's a whole bunch of these kind of wines. Some of them are actually not bad. Some of them are vinegar. So it kind of <laughs> depends. You know, I can tell you, we could make a wine broadcast out of this, but I'm not going to. Because I could go on and on about uh, different types of wine, and we've actually built a chart. We're not we're not big wine drinkers, but I just find the whole industry fascinating. Now we live in Missouri, and Missouri has a very vigorous wine growing crop or wine growing thing. But almost all the Missouri wines, not all, but most Missouri wines are sweet wines. And why is that? Because they're mostly made from the Concord grapes. And the Concord grapes, which are actually half the stock is native to Missouri. Uh, the other part of the stock is from Euro European wine varieties. They hybridized them together to make these Concord-based, what they call now Concord wines, that uh, grow really well in Missouri. But they tend to produce very sweet wines when you make wines out of them. So a lot of Missouri wines are sweet wines. Most Missouri wines are sweet wines. And there are a lot of vintners in Missouri. There's a lot of them. There are a bunch of other gra uh, grape varieties that grow here, too. But still, Missouri favors the production of sweet wines. Now, we don't have, in, the, in our part of the state, in the north part of the state, we're not as big a wine-growing area as, say, the central Missouri is. They like and, river slopes. Yeah, right around the <coughs> excuse me, Missouri River. And the Missouri River... Uh, I want to say valley because it's most of them are grown up on the bluffs. But excuse me, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, the Missouri River area has it's a it's a wine trail, and you know a lot of states have these wine trails. And there there are several several area parts of the country that you unless you live there you don't know are great great wine areas. Uh, I tell you one that I really didn't know until we went there was the Niagara area in upstate New York and uh, eastern Ontario. It's very, very famous for their wines, especially their ice wines, which I never did get a chance to try, but we <laughs> did not go 
dare to taste wines, we went there to see Niagara Falls. So we went to the falls and didn't drink the wine. But anyway, my point being, you there are parts of the country that have a lot of wine growing. And it'd be if you're a prepper and you want to have alcoholic beverage and make your own alcoholic beverages, winemaking may well be something you can do using your own grapes. So The other part of it is the original, well, half the original reason that people used to make so many wines is it's a effective way to preserve fruit. And there's only so much canning you can do in a summer. Uh, and canning is more time-intensive and equipment-intensive and things like that. Fruit juice is not hard to make some kind of wine out of. Whether it's good wine or not, I don't make wine, I couldn't tell you. But it's a way to preserve the harvest for a small number of years. The calories are still there. A lot of the vitamins and antioxidants and things like that are still there. Uh, the alcohol is still there, and that's always been a draw for some people. So it's a method of preservation of fruit, as well as some other things. Uh, apples are made into hard cider to preserve it without refrigeration for a couple of years. Yeah, hard cider is, is something that if you have apple trees, is something you might want to look into. Now, I will tell you that uh, throughout history, alcohol was a lot more important than it is today because one of the things you get with alcohol is you get something that's actually safe to drink, unlike a lot of the water that they had going on there. Yeah. So when you had uh, the wine being served at every meal, well, one of the reasons, it wasn't that they were all just a bunch of lushes. It was the fact that this was safe to drink. And this was something that was tasty. The rivers in the populated areas were open sewers. Yeah, and... You know, and it was very actually healthy for them. That's to what drink the, that, the original light beers were called small beers. And they basically made the small beer as a way to preserve the wheat, the grain harvests in a way that the rats couldn't easily get to them. And they wouldn't mold. And then you uh, drink a lot of that with your meals because it's safer to drink than the water. Now, small beer has very little, very small alcohol content, too. But it's enough to discourage the spoilage of the product so yeah it was a it was a good thing now wine is something that you can you if you're a prepper you can store and store for years and years as long as you keep it cool keep keep the light off of it you can store it for years and years and it's a good thing to keep it you know, as a prep if you drink it just know what you're doing and learn how to store it you know, we want to keep the corks. You don't want to store a cork up for years and years. That's just not how you store them. You turn them sideways. and It's a good prep. And then we're going to get to hard alcohol. Now, first of all, why would you want to keep hard alcohol if you weren't going to drink it? The number one reason would be, okay, I'm keeping this as a trade good. And it's, I can see situations in where it would be a valuable trade good. I can't not- too. Not commonly occurring or high probability situations, but situations. Now, you're talking about a product that is, for the most part, not going to deteriorate very much over years. It will eventually start to break down, but not very much. And, you know, so that's something you can store an awful lot of it in a very small place. 
can have it for trade goods, and there are as occasionally small medicinal purposes for some of it. I will tell you, you can use certain types of alcohol to make tinctures. And we talked about St. John's work tincture. Yeah, and, that and one of be... those recipes started with uh, straight vodka. You so take that... straight vodka and soak the uh, mashed plant in it. Yeah, that's a legitimate prepper use for vodka. Um, there are others. Disinfectant. It could make a disinfectant. You could use it to, as long as it was high enough alcohol content. But you only want to use it for surface and in, and uh, surgical instruments. Right. Or skin surface and surgical instruments. Because broken skin, it, it damages the uh, tissues of the person with the wound as well as it damages the microbes trying to live in the wound. So it's kind of a double-edged sword in that respect. Now, here's the caveat I'm going to throw out there with using this for a decon, a, a, a disinfectant. It's not the best tool for the job, and it's not the most economically reasonable tool for the job, even if you decide to use alcohol, because isopropyl alcohol, wood alcohol, non-drinking alcohol. Methanol is. Methanol. Is uh, wood alcohol. Yeah, methanol. And I, you know, anything that's been denatured. Or it is something that you wouldn't drink, like rubbing alcohol, whatever they called it. That's isopropanol. Right. All this stuff works the same or better for disinfecting. And you it's, don't have to pay taxes. And you don't have to. It's a tenth alcohol of the price. Taxes as, on a, it. as like a bottle of vodka versus a bottle of isopropyl alcohol. Because all you use it for is disinfectant and that sort of thing. And it has other uses as well. Cleaning. It's a good cleaning agent. So, you know... It's really a dubious thing to be holding on to vodka, saying for medicinal purposes. Except for making tinctures, that one's real. Except and for that's something tinctures. you can't do with the non-drinkable alcohols. To be fair, a lot of alcohol, as in medicine, dates well, back the to alcohol. <laughs> yeah, dates, dates back to the snake oil days. You want to tell them a little bit about the snake oils and nostrums? Yeah, well, it was a way to for. People of a station who wouldn't think themselves, they wouldn't describe themselves as alcohol drinkers. They were morally opposed or whatever. But if it's medicine, that's a different thing. So most of the snake oil preparations that uh, got sold and bought and consumed were mostly nothing more than high-yield alcohol content with a couple of flavorings thrown in. As far as, as effective medications, or even real attempts at effective medications... No, not really. Mostly those were about the alcohol. And some of them mixed in things like cocaine or laudanum as well. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, basically what you Tinctures did. Tinctures yeah. of, of laudanum. Basically all you did was end up getting a person smashed out of their mind and then they didn't care. Yeah, now, laudanum is basically an opium tincture. Now, I will tell you, there's one very, very popular one. I don't remember the name of it now, but it was really popular. It was designed, this was a a nostrum or a patent medicine that was designed for, quote-unquote, women's difficulties. And it was just straight booze. Just pretty much straight-flavored booze. Which, by the way, is an effective cure for camp, for uh, cramps, even in small doses. Premenstrual cramps. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, I used to... Um, she used to have really bad problems with get cramping. 
as you know, it's a natural part of being a human woman. And I would always keep a the our particular. I know exactly. She's a very she's a lightweight and not a not a heavy person, and a lightweight when it comes to booze too. So I would keep a six pack of malt liquor on hand because that six point whatever percent one of those and would, only one and only one would take care of it it would ease the cramping in about what, 30 minutes or less yeah very effective because alcohol absorbs right through, it doesn't just sit around it absorbs right through the stomach and gets into your bloodstream fast faster than foods do yeah so in fact we, i would i'll you tell you the brand i would use mickey's big mouth and there's a reason because it has those big mouth and she just like that and it's gone yeah, and, I wasn't doing it because I was in the mood to have a beer. I was doing it because I was in the mood to not have cramps. And it solved them. So if you're a woman out there listening and this is a problem that you have, Mickey's Big Mouth. Try it. Who knows? Works for me. So that, that sort of thing, yes, that, that is a medicinal volume. But as a trade item, yeah, I, don't I know. am totally not going there. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can see where it would be. A tempting item for trade. Yes, me too. I can see the temptation. Well, I wonder if it'd really be a very good idea, and especially when you consider some of the other trade items that you could keep that are just a lot better ideas. The people who would be most interested in uh, supplying you with valuable things in, in in return for alcohol, are those the people you really want to know you have a stock of alcohol sitting around? Not me. I don't want those people knowing I've got what they want. Yeah. I mean, when you consider some of the other trade items that you can have, if you really if you really want to have stock some things for if times get bad, if the stuff hits the fan on a big scale and you want to be able to trade stuff, do you really want that to be alcohol? I want to be able to trade things to my neighbors that my neighbors are actually going to need in hard times. Or that they really, really, really want and are willing to give an unreasonable amount of trade for. And uh, that's kind of what I go for. I, I'd rather have the unreas- them really wanting it to the point where they're going to really just pay up. <laughs> well, I think alcohol would fall into that category, but I still don't want to stock it because well, I don't want to supply I, that need. I was thinking more <laughs> along the lines of inexpensive right now. You go to a big box store. I won't say which one. It starts with a W. And you go to their coffee section. Oh, yeah. And you go and you look <laughs> for the freeze-dried uh, stuff in the little aluminum bags that are vacuum-packed. Those things will last basically forever. Now, if you want to put a whole bunch of them away, just drop them in the bottom of your freezer, and they'll last forever. Now, when nobody else has coffee and you do not store the caffeine free ones because there's no point people who are not caffeine addicted can live without their coughing okay it may get a little noisy here we're going down a gravel road we're actually stopping by the nursery here in a bit to see look if at i can pick trees. up a tree to plant um people who are just wanting a drink of coffee decaf no but if somebody has run out of coffee and you have actual drinkable coffee <laughs> it's inexpensive now. 
It's small. It's cheap. It'll last for years and years and years. And even if it does get a little skunky, people who will, they will not care. By that time, they drink ditch water. That's right. That is one addictive item that I wouldn't feel bad about stocking and supplying. Yes. And that, that's just an idea. Um, if you live around the uh, ocean or around uh, places where there's a lot of water, fish hooks. Fishing line. Great stuff to stock. Nobody's going to, they're not going to hurt you with a treble hook. I mean, <laughs> you know, that kind of, that, and fish hooks will last your lifetime and then some. That's the kind of stuff I recommend stocking, not alcohol. So, I guess our bottom line is, if you're going to be thinking alcohol as a prep, I don't know. I don't Mostly think not. Going, I don't think we're Mostly going not. I just don't, I don't see it working for us. Alcohol. I, I can see doing a little bit of odd kind of make tinctures with, but that's about it. I can, yeah, and I can see wine just because you like wine. I mean, I, I can it see it stores well. Yeah, having the necessary equipment to make a little bit of wine because, by golly, if all these fruit trees I've been planting for the last few years, they're starting to pick up their bearing now. When they hit their full stride, the way I expect they will, I'll have a whole bunch of fruit. I more than I can dry down, more than I can can. And then we're going to get to learn how to do with it. It'll be fun. <laughs> okay, we're going to leave it there. We have reached the nursery. Our, we have reached our. We have reached the place where it's, this is like crack cocaine to, more, to spice. This is her thing. So we're going to get out there. She'll look at all those trees. They got their trees in. Yep, they got in the new ones. All right, here we go. Bye, money. <laughs> bye, bye, money. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs>